Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Aloha! Hello, and welcome. We are back. I am back. Well, we, we, I, the royal we. Episode number 482 of the show. My name is Brian Beckner. You're listening to the Baller Lifestyle podcast from theballerlifestyle.com. Thank you very kindly for joining me today. I appreciate your patronage. If you have not, go back and check out episode 481, where I was joined by special guest Dolomite D, fan favorite. An enjoyable episode. I went ahead and dropped the whole episode for free because I realized after I'd put out the... See, here's how it works. If you subscribe to the bonus content... All the extra, if you, if you support the show, I should just say, if you're a supporter, you get the show a day early. I drop it early, commercial free for the most part, unless I forget. And you get the whole, all, everything we recorded. It's usually about two hours, between an hour and a half and two hours. Normally, then normally what I do is the next day I put out a truncated version of the show. For the the non, well, I don't want to say non-supporters. Just for the people that aren't, aren't fans enough or so inclined to support the show via the link in the show notes for five bucks a month. And typically what I do is I just, I give you most of the show for free. But, but a lot of the juicy, funnier bits I save and I leave, I leave only for the people that are inclined to help us out with a monthly contribution. But with episode 481, I completely fucking forgot. I just was, I got, I'm leaving town. I got a lot on my fucking plate. I got kids. I got bills. I got podcasts. It's bachelor season. If you're not, if you're into the bachelor, the bachelorette's on, it's fucking horrible. And I do a podcast about that every week, nearly, with dear friend of the show, Jason Stewart. Check that out wherever you get podcasts, The Bachelor Lifestyle. Support us there by downloading that show. So I got a lot going on. So I didn't, I just dropped the whole thing on the free page because I, w- I went to, I went to post to make a, um, to make a website link to share the show with everyone. And I realized, Oh, I never even edited down a shorter version this week. So I just got to throw up the whole, I'll just throw up the whole thing for free. So episode four eighty one's a little, wah, wah. you get the whole, you got the whole thing. You don't get the truncated version if you're not a, a, a paying subscriber. So that's exciting. Also, it looks like the consensus is, that you want to you want me to be sharing the 
Baller Lifestyle Podcast After Show, which takes place every Friday night live on the Stereo app, stereo.com slash Brian Beckner. Download it there. It's the, it seems to be the consensus is that you want me to post it. Now, I don't, I'm not totally comfortable with posting when I'm not on it. Because at least if I'm there, I know what was said. And I can, I can own that because, you know, it does get a little raw. It is, it is definitely a behind the scenes look warts and all look at the show. You get a lot of, you know, you can call in. So everybody's calling in. It gets pretty wild. A lot of things are said. So I'll probably just post when I'm on it. Not, and this is not like a vanity thing. You know, I'm not saying it's like better when I'm there, but then I can just, I can have some ownership of what is said. So I will be sharing via our red circle feed, the bonus content subscribers will be getting the baller lifestyle podcast after show every week, as I was doing before, plus bonus Brian, my solo show of which this may be considered one, but they're usually like more like one topic things this week. Just a little behind the scenes. I'm going out of town, so I had to record a week early. So I'm just rolling solo, although we will be hearing from Ed Daly in a while because we do have our new segment, Ed Explains a Movie, where Ed comes on and kind of like he did with, to much fanfare during the Christmas season with, I can never remember the name of this movie. It's a Wonderful Life. I'd never seen that, so he told me about it and I reacted. And we did that with a with another movie that I will be sharing will be sharing here shortly. So you'll hear from Ed, which is exciting. Something that I just came across. And if this is I, I won't say infuriating, but I, I don't know, annoying, irritating. There's they're making it they've remade Willy Wonka again. And I'm sure you're familiar with Willy, what's it called? Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. I don't, I'm always annoyed because as a child, I read the book before the movie and the book is called Charlie and the Chocolate Factory because it's about, it's barely, Willy Wonka barely shows up in the book. I mean, he does, but he's not like the main character. You know, he, he shows up later. There's the whole story of him getting the ticket this fucking lazy ass grandparents imagine. And I was imagining this at seven years old or whatever. When I read the book, imagine the fucking skin cells in that bed. It's fucking old. Like old people are crusty as it is. They got, they're fucking dropping skin. They got lesions there. You know, there was bed sores. Just Charlie bucket. His, his grandparents, both maternal and paternal, shared a fucking bed in the living room for 20 years. Never left the bed. I assume they had bed pans that was left to the imagination when mine was going wild. Because there's no way Grandpa Joe was getting a piece or the other grandpa, whatever his name was. Unless, do you think there was a... Uh, do you think there was a swingers aspect to the bucket household? 
You think there was there was a reason they were going four to a bed? Didn't even look like a California king, too. They wedged him in there. But imagine the disgusting. Like I, I guess they bathed, but according to the book, they never left the fucking bed. So they're just they're just lingering in there with their. You've seen old people's knees and elbows, and feet. Oh, disgusting! Twenty years, same sheets, filthy. So anyway, they made the first Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory, not Charlie, as the Roll Doll Tome was named. You know, Roll Doll has been retroactively canceled for using for having the audacity to describe people as being fat who were fat. I, I mean, not not fat by modern standards, fat by fucking eighteen hundred standards, which is like not fat. Go watch the Three Stooges. Curly, not fat. Not even a little bit fat. Just kind of like husky. Not a fat man. Times have changed. So the in the book, or it, what, the first movie, okay, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, and that's, what's his name? Gene Wilder, genius. It's a little, it's, it's still a disturbing movie, especially the bad guy, the, um, the, ah, shit. Mr. Like Frankenheimer or something. The the guy that was supposed to be, he was like trying to, well, he was trying to get Charlie to sell out for an, uh, like steal an everlasting gobstopper. He was a little, he was a little scary. Wonka was scary. There's some scary aspects to it, but overall it's okay. And, and except for the candy man, they go to the fucking candy store. You know, there's a lot of song and dance in this movie, which, if you know me, that's not for me. But they go to the candy store, and Wonka, or there's a candy man at the candy man store, and he sings a song, The Candy Man Can. Very disturbing, and also total earworm. Not as much of an earworm as California Love by Dr. Dre and Tupac, maybe the worst song ever recorded. And what? And once... One bar of it hits your fucking eardrums. It's stuck there for weeks. Similarly, the Candyman from the original Willy Wonka, that gets in there, you're fucked. It will not leave your brain. You have to actually go get lobotomized to get rid of it. So they did that first Wonka, and that was like, I guess, in the 70s. Right? I'm not going to look. It's We'll just, we'll go with that. Then they follow that up. Tim Burton got a hold of it. And Tim Burton, we really give him a, uh, he's much like Richard Linklater, who we spoke of a couple weeks ago. Tim Burton, he's done some real dog shit in his career. Let's look it up. Tim Burton, IMDb. He gets a pass, I guess, because he did that first Batman that was fucking genius. I mean, it's really good. It's the best Batman. Don't at. It's so good. Jack Nicholson, Michael Keaton, Kim Basinger. I mean, it's a fucking good movie. 
He also did Edward Scissorhands. Good movie. Okay. Okay. I'm going to give him a break here. Edward Scissorhands. Pretty good. Beetlejuice. Masterpiece. Great movie. But let's not forget. Oh, Mars Attacks. Great. Really good. Let's not forget. I was just, I just, I'm just, I just remembered something really shitty that he did. And then I saw Mars Attacks. What was it? What was I thinking of? Let's see here. Okay, Edward Scissorhands. I mean, Batman Forever. Horrible. Ed Wood, funny. Good movie. Okay, we give him a break here. I mean, oh, you know what I was thinking of is that the remake of Planet of the Apes, horrendous. Truly just one of the great pieces of shit in cinematic history. Just awful. They didn't even, they looked weird. Uh, Mark, Marky Mark's in it. Marky Mark is not a good actor. He's good in, he's good in Boogie Nights, which is one of the great films of the last 25 years, if not the best. He's good in that because he's playing to his level of intellect. So you, you know why he's good there. But so Tim Burton, he made this, the, this other Willy Wonka and that, that was, and he likes to work with Johnny Depp and he's like, Johnny Depp, play it like a pedophile. And he's like, Oh, Michael Jackson. And they're like, yes. So, you know, that was what it was. And I, I figured, Hey, that we got, we've had enough. We're done. Well, we're not so lucky because Apparently, there's a new fucking Willy Wonka. And this isn't Tim Burton. It's some other dude. But it stars Timothy Chalamet, who I don't know what it is about him. Everything. I can't fucking stand him. He's supposedly like a heartthrob, which is I, I think this is like the this is like Gen Z where. The, the, the heartthrobs of today have to, they have to be so sexually ambiguous because he mostly looks like a woman to me. No, you know, no knock on that or whatever, but I, I look at him and I see a female. Secondly, he's, he looks like he, you could flick him away. So I think that's kind of like what it is, is he's non-threatening in any way whatsoever because he weighs 98 pounds and he's flickable. So if he gets too close, you go, oh, hey, I don't want you close to me. And just flick. And he's, he flies away because he's so little. But also, he's real actory. He puts his stupid fucking mug in the camera all the time. I really dislike him. So I won't be seeing this. Let's play the trailer. Oh, this is the reason I brought it up. I'm not sure how, how far through the trailer we'll get. You see, I'm something of a magician. Oh, no. In chocolate maker. Out! So quiet up. Oh, it's an origin story! God, no! So much worse! Now, nope, scratch that. Reverse it. Oh, my God, he's acting so hard. Mr. Wonka, I can say you're a man of great ingenuity. What are you doing? I'm making chocolate, of course. How do you like it? Dark, white, nutty? Whenever you're watching something and you can tell the person's acting, isn't it so fucking cringe? Okay, we're not watching any more of that. And he's he's real actory. And so all the time you're looking at him, you're going, oh, this guy's just acting. And it's fucking 
horrible. But what I did want to bring up is Timothy Chalamet, he went to NYU. And while he was at NYU, there was a rumor that he gave everyone at NYU chlamydia. NYU. I'm just going to, I'm just going to say STD. Even though you don't call him that anymore, you say, find out. Oh, here you go. Twitter and NYU scandal. Timothy Chalamet. How does everyone feel about this NYU chlamydia spread scandal? I've seen a lot about how Timothy was spreading it around because he was getting it in a lot, apparently. A lot of people seem bothered by it, but I don't know. I think it's just kind of goofy that he's just a little dumb boy like the rest of them. This is from Reddit. Look, I don't know if this is true, but it's a great fucking rumor. It's, it's good and bad. One... Who would have sex with Timothy Chalamet? That's that's kind of that kind of bums me out. But the fact that he was a disease allegedly a major disease spreader around the campus of NYU, or you know, it's infection. It's an STI, right? Disease is a little harsh. Sexually transmitted infection, not disease. Okay, here. Oh, let's read this. This is one from a magazine. Did Timothy Chalamet spread chlamydia at NYU? This is the kind of thing I like. Oh, God, his mustache. So wispy. I really hate this kid. The definitive history of the rumor that Timothy Chalamet gave half of NYU chlamydia. How a campus legend about the Oscar nominee turned into Stan Twitter's latest meme. Yeah, this was a big deal a few years ago. Do you have a friend of a friend who knows someone who knows someone who knows someone who got chlamydia from Timothy Chalamet. You're not alone. There's a long-standing rumor that the adored by whom actor gave multiple women, I put that in air quotes, at New York University chlamydia in the one year which he was a student. The whole Timothy this is a, from a tweet. The whole Timothy Chalamet spread chlamydia at NYU thing is crazy because it actually happened. He fucked like a rabbit. Too many people I know can attest to knowing someone who knows someone that got chlamydia from Oscar-nominated actor Timothy Chalamet. And that sends me. Sends me? Who says that? That's crazy. Are you even studying theater if you don't have a friend of a friend of a friend who got chlamydia from Timothy Chalamet? Look. I don't know if this is true, but there's a whole lot of people that say it's true. And I'll just say this. I've gotten chlamydia from watching Timothy Chalamet. Just looking at him, I get I get eye disease. I get an eye infection. So needless to say, I will not be watching the origin story of Wonka starring Timothy Chalamet. I can promise you that. Let's move on. Next thing. Oh, just let's talk about who died. Just tell us who was dead now. It's a sad segment. Very sad. Very sad. 
an update on who's alive. Nope. Let's get a tragic update. Tragic update. Cause that daily has been keeping up on who just died. Yep. Cause we're about to hear from Ed on which celebrities are dead. So tell me who died. Who died? Who died? Who died? Who died? Tell me who died. Sadly, Ed's not here to tell us who died, but I am. I'll tell you who died. And this is kind of a bummer because this lady was on One Life to Live. One Life to Live and Young and the Restless Actress, Andrea Young, 66, cancer. Very sad. Young and the Restless. I mean, there's a name of something. That's kind of interesting, right? It's like, hey, these people love to fuck and they're hot is basically what they're saying. And that's kind of interesting. I don't know if there's still soap operas. Are they online? Um, Because I, I can't imagine that they're still on TV, but maybe. Anyway, not this chick. Andrea Young. She was on One Life to Live. Dead. Cancer. This one's fucking horrible. McCalla Jones, surfer, 44 years old. He was certain. I think he lived in Indonesia. Beautiful place. And he was surfing at some resort in the, in the Mentawise islands, which are part of Indonesia, which is, it's kind of wild, but it's not really, it used to be really wild, but now, I mean, he was at a resort. It's like a, a surf resort and the fucking guy severed his fucking femoral artery out in the lineup. I assume he took a fin to the inner thigh. What we used to call a skag. Now they call it, just call it a fin. I don't know why it was ever called a skag. It's always looked like a fin to me. He must've taken a fin or, or possibly the nose. Hopefully it was his board and not someone else's. Cause that does happen, but this not there. It's not super crowded. Probably where he was surfing. He took a fin or the nose of his surfboard to his inner thigh and it severed his femoral. And that's, there's just, you're going to die very quickly. Unfortunately, like even if they had, I'm sure this resort, this is a pretty high end place. I think I'm making that up, but just based on my knowledge of the area, even if they had like a fucking surgeon and life flight and everything you needed there, because they got to get, the, they got to clamp it off right away. Because it's like all your blood is going through there to your lower extremities. It's a, it's a fat fucking tube, and this guy fucking severed it in the surfing and died. Forty four years old. It's a, it, that's a tragic update, and it, w- and he is not alive. Very sad. McCalla Jones. That one's awful. Here's another one. Jeffrey Carlson. Also, this is, hey, this I really bummed Ed missed this. Because this guy was on another one of Ed's shows, All My Children. This guy who, oh, he played the, one of the first transgender characters on daytime television. So do we have to cancel him retroactively? You're not allowed to do that. Was he transgender? Jeffrey Carlson? I don't think so. But he played transgender? Oh, my God. Sounds like not a good person. Just kidding. He died at 48. Apparently, well, let's look this up. A lot of people dying young these days. You notice that? He, uh, but they, they, they just said he died tragically. Oh, he does look kind of trans. He's kind of got that, uh, 
um, Damien Hurley look dies at 48. What took him? Actor who played groundbreaking. I'm sure it was. I'm, I'm only joking about his portrayal of a trans person. I'm sure it was very delicately handled. How'd this guy die? All my children, actor Jeffrey Carlson, blah, blah, blah. Confirmed it. Oh, they don't, they're not telling us. You shouldn't be allowed to announce somebody's death without the cause of. 48. This guy, he's got, this guy's, oh, he's from Long Beach. Fuck. One of the great Western universities is Long Beach, California, Long Beach State. Heard of it? Carlson, who's from Long Beach, joined All My Children in 2006 as British rock star Zarf and went on to transition to Zoe on the show, reportedly becoming the first transgender character in daytime television. He also did Broadway. I feel like, I mean, he looks kind of heroiny. This is, uh, look, this is, I shouldn't be speculating like this, but I'm going to say he might have, like, I don't know. It's one of the one of the regular ways that young people die. Uh, also, Leandro De Niro Rodriguez, Robert De Niro's grandson, nineteen. That was fentanyl related, I believe. Very sad. This that is an epidemic in this country. It is awful, and I'm sad for the family, Robert De Niro and his grandson. Let's now talk some sports. nightmare is over this just in well not really just a few days ago casey chief super fan caught of course i'm talking about chief saholic the the guy he's a dresses like a wolf he was robbing banks so he could go to chiefs games After fleeing prosecution in Oklahoma, Overland Park man suspected in a string of bank robberies across the Midwest, laundering proceeds through area casinos in Overland Park, Kansas man, popularly known as the Kansas City Chief Superfan, Chief Saholic. That name sucks. I mean, honestly, like he could have been that good of a bank robber, robber. He could have been that good of a bank robber if he if his name was Chief Saholic. Like, this is not a clever person. Chief's a holic, and he dressed, well, I will give him, he dressed like a wolf. And now we know that's probably because it's probably better to be in a wolf costume on TV than have your stupid face on there when you just, when you've been robbing banks everywhere. 
who has been a fugitive from justice for the past four months, has been charged in federal court with bank theft for one of a string of robberies he's suspected of committing. Xavier Michael Badabar, wait, Babudar, 28, was charged with one count of bank theft and one count of transporting stolen property across state lines in a criminal complaint, blah, blah, blah. Where'd they find him? He was charged and robbed a bank in Tulsa, I believe, on the way to a um, Houston, no, Texans Chiefs game. Investigators, he's got a bunch that they think he did. Ski mask, demanded a note, teller handed Babadar 70 grand. I mean, don't, aren't like walk up bank robberies usually like less than three grand over the next. Okay. He charged. Yes. Uh, Oh, he deposited the money into the bank. Smart. Oh, and then casino chips. He was trying to launder. Oh, they did that in, uh, they did that in that movie with, uh, Chris Pine. Chiefs on the run. Let's how'd they catch this guy? Finally in police custody. Okay, here we go. He was probably fucking at his mom's house or something. Finally arrested. Chief Saholic is finally behind bars. Disgrace. Yeah. Now, if they don't, don't say how they found him. Oh, California. Oh, this is, but this is the wild part of California because I've never heard of it. Babadar was take, dude, get a different name, bro. Nobody can pronounce that. It's almost as bad as Chief Saholic. Babadar was taken into custody in Lincoln, California. I think that's way up there near the top. On Friday, he's set to, he's got to go to court in Sacramento. Okay. Found him. Our long national nightmare is over. Chief Saholic. Now, he's done a lot of bank robberies, but, I mean, he'll be out. I don't think he's going to do, I don't think he'd do too long for bank robbery. Although he went on the run, but... He'll be back, you know, it's and and with social media, he'll be back. He'll have that stupid outfit on when he gets out. We're going to see. We're going to hear from Chief Saholic again, unfortunately. Um, oh, this was great. Nick Castellanos, formerly of the Cincinnati Reds. You'll recall he hit that home run in the middle of uh, in the middle of Let's find that. He hit that home run in the middle of Tom Thom Brenneman's apology. <laughs> then in spring training, he, he later he later went. He's now on the Phillies, I think. He he signed as a free agent with the Phillies, and then the next year, the very next year, he gets a base hit while the while the uh, Toronto play-by-play guy is talking about how the uh, Toronto pitching coach got a DUI the night before. This guy just has a fucking flair for the dramatic Nick Castellanos. Let's check, let's check this out. Mound. Um, I made a comment earlier tonight that uh, I guess uh, went out over the year. That Tom, I- Brenner- Tom Brenneman's sweating. He's so shiny. He knows his career's over. He's probably making a million bucks at this job. Deeply 
ashamed of. Um, if I have hurt anyone out there, I can't tell you how much I say from the bottom of my heart, I'm so very, very sorry. I pride myself and think of myself as a a man of faith. <laughs> Grooved to one. a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos. It will be a home run. <laughs> and so that will make it a 4 nothing ball game. I don't know if I'm going to be putting on this headset again. <laughs> I don't know. That was great. So anyway, Nick, Nick Castellanos is um, – look, he's got a flair for the dramatic. Apparently he's an all-star. The guy can hit. The guy can flat-out hit. He's on the Phillies now, and they decided um, before the all—you know—they do like a media day, and they just go around and ask questions. And he got asked this question, and I'd like to get your thoughts on it. Everyone was asked their favorite superheroes. Yeah. You said Scooby Doo. Sure. I I didn't realize Scooby Doo was a superhero. Can you kind of explain his superhero lore? I mean, well, first off, he's a dog, right? And he can talk. Fair enough. Okay. And and he saves he's he's he solves mysteries. So I think that a dog that can talk and helps people by saving by solving mysteries, I think is a superhero. Checks off all the superhero boxes, has special skills and he helps people. Correct. I mean Nick Castellanos He's got a point, right? Although I would Point of parliamentary procedure here. I mean, Scooby Doo was always running away from the from the crime, from the anything scary. Because on Scooby Doo, even though every time the the uh, mystery team, what were they called? I don't know. The mystery team would um, be investigating ghosts. They ran into a lot of ghosts. Every time they figured out that it was not actually ghosts, and yet every time they were terrified that it was ghosts. So you figure after 70 times of figuring out that it was old man Crawley, the caretaker that was trying to scare people off so he wouldn't have to move out of the, uh, the old ranch house, you'd figure they'd, they would just assume that in the first place. Scooby-Doo, he wasn't like the fucking mastermind. That was Fred and his choker. And of course, Velma who was later played by Linda Cardellini in the movie, which was a f just a nice bit of casting. I have to be honest. Fred was played by Freddie Prince Jr., I assume, because he was married to, what's her name, who was the, who played Daphne? What's, what's her name? Jessica? Nope. Stephanie? Nope. I know you guys know. It's, name escapes me. I'm more of a Cardellini guy. So I don't, I, I, I mean, I appreciate Nick Castellanos condition that it, that's caused him to think deeply about this or as deep as he can go about this Scooby-Doo being a superhero. But I, I mean, Scooby-Doo, the only times a crime was solved, Scooby-Doo would accidentally solve it. Like he'd be sniffing around for some cookies or something and uncover the uncover some evidence. He was, it wasn't like he was the brains behind the operation. That said, I'm a big Nick Castellanos fan now because, because of his flair for the dramatic and because he has non basic 
takes on things like who his favorite superhero is, Scooby-Doo. I think Scooby-Doo is my favorite superhero now. Zion Williamson. I almost said Davis. Where did I get that? Zion Williamson, he's too rich to be in good shape. I wish that was my problem. Honestly, I'd like to be in better shape, not rich. This guy's super rich. And when that chick was out in him, Mariah Mills, the hero, she was, she was cutting him deeply on Twitter. And one of them was, and I'm, excuse me, because I'm paraphrasing. One of them was, no wonder you're so fucking fat. You got, you got soda cans and bottles, probably two liters, all over your bathroom. I mean, so you can picture it, right? He's just got Mountain Dews everywhere. A couple of Sprites here and there. Maybe a Dr. Pepper. He just loves soda. Because he's a large child. Six foot six, 284. And he said, hey, it's not my problem. He was on the, he was on the Gilbert Arenas show. Which, I don't know. Maybe somebody's got him out there doing damage control. Because... Mariah Mills really went through Zion Williamson with a cue ball and a sock. I mean, she just, she was going upside his head. Ba-bam, 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 ba-bam. Boom, boom. And you think, you think, oh, this is over. It's, it's been going at it all day. The next day. After a while, you're kind of just like, oh, come on, stop. But it was funny. But he says, Gilbert Arenas, another genius, asked him, Tucson Tech grad, is it hard to diet at your age? Be honest. Since it's you, I'll be real. Does he know he's on a podcast? You're saying it to a lot of people. That shit hard. It's hard, man. Like you're 20, 22. He skipped 21. Got a lot of money. It feels like all the money in the world. Man, it is hard. But I'm at that point now where because of certain things, I'm putting back wisdom around me. I don't know. I don't know what this means. Putting people around me with wisdom. Okay, got it. Put me on game to certain things and just go from there. Okay, it's sort of coherent. I wish I could immediately pinpoint the answer to his... Oh, that's something that's the GM. Who cares? He'll either get in shape or he won't. I'm, I'm here for him to knock somebody else up and have another OnlyFans chick just wreck shop on him. Because that would be funny. It was funny the first time. Do you hear about this? Some guy on the Chiefs, he started tweeting. I guess he was on the Giants before. I don't follow sports. I'll be honest. You could tell by listening. I guess this guy used to be on the Giants, Kadarius Tony, And he got traded from the Giants or he released or whatever. Now he's on the Chiefs. And then on his... Twitter account, somebody somebody started tweeting from his Twitter account um, let, that calling people, like, here's one, here's one, like somebody, somebody tweeted at him and he responded in a DM with a picture of her. He said, the fuck is this? Ugly as an MF, focus, F-O-K-U-S, on lipo. And some other shit instead of me. <laughs> he also tweeted a bunch of shit at like the 
at the at the GM saying like the GM sucked and stuff. And and talking about Daniel Jones, who's a quarterback of the Giants, and all this stuff. But it's okay because it turns out he was hacked. Somebody else just took over his account and then started saying shit about the team that just cut him. And then also the fans of the team that just cut him. So it wasn't him. So we don't have to worry. He was hacked by somebody that likes to DM people and tell them that they need to get lipo if they're Giants fans. And anyway, he's on the Chiefs now. Good for Kadarius Tony. Oh, one more. I think I talked about this with uh, our dear friend Dolomite on episode 481, but we got some more info. So, you know, Bob Huggins, the drunk, he used to be the coach of the Cincinnati Bearcats, and then now he's the, well, to be determined, he's the coach of the West Virginia Mountaineers. Well, he he pulled a deuce in the Pittsburgh area, point two something, and he had to go to rehab. And then while he was in rehab, he resigned. And West Virginia's like, I, but now he's saying, I didn't resign because the e- the resignation email came from his wife's account, which I would say doesn't count. You got to check that email. You know, I've had things said about me online before. Check the receipts. He says in a, in a couple of statements released Monday by Huggins, said the resignation email sent in Huggins' name was void because it came from the email of his wife, June Huggins, and contained no signature. He can't be reached because he's in, de- he's in um, rehab, but he might have a point here. I did not draft or review WVU statement, Huggins wrote. This false statement was sent under my name. But no signature is included. I am employed by West Virginia University pursuant to an employment agreement. I never submitted the notice required under the employment agreement to voluntarily resign. And they're saying you quit. Well, if somebody else sends an email that says you quit, how how did you quit? This guy might have a point here. But West Virginia is sticking to their guns. Moreover, if Mr. Huggins or his counsel attempts to publicly suggest that he somehow did not resign and retire from his position, please be advised that the university will swiftly and aggressively defend itself from these spurious allegations. Wow. I think this guy's got a point. He's going to get his money. You can't somebody, you know, what if he's in a fight with his wife? What if they're separated? You know, like, what if we don't know the details? Like, remember when, uh, remember when Irving Myers, the coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars was digging in that girl's butt at his, uh, at his restaurant in Columbus, or Cleveland, wherever they played the Browns, I think. And they got their ass kicked. And then he just stayed there and <laughs> let the team fly home alone because he's a big piece of shit. And then the next day, there's all these pictures of him digging in some co- co-ed's butt at his, at his steakhouse. They all have a steakhouse. 
Not, not, there's not one single coach that doesn't have a steakhouse. Well, and then there's that picture of his like house where, there, where his wife had way too many pictures on the table. What if his wife at that moment sent a resignation letter to the Jacks to, to Shad Khan and was like, hey, I, re- I retire. This is Irving. I quit. And they tried to hold him to that. Well, he's, he's in, you know, his wife saw him digging in some butt the night before. And so she sent the email supposedly from him. Not true. Just because they have the same last name. Does it mean one speaks for the other? This is not, she's, June Huggins is not Bob Huggins' legal representation. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if the Bob Huggins didn't have email, though. He just, he looks like the type that doesn't really, he's, oh, I don't use that. Talk to, send it to June. Like, I could see that. So maybe there's, maybe there's a, a history there where he did all of his communication via June Huggins. That would track for me. That would make a lot of sense. But, you know, there's there's more to be. This is going to be litigated for sure once he gets out of the drunk tank. Good luck to him, though. I mean, it sounds like he might have a drinking problem. What do you think? Okay, let's do some voicemails. He's so easy to hate. Your time he likes to waste. His calls are far from great. His calls are far from great. He's such a stupid fuck. He seems down on his luck. His voicemails really suck. His voicemails really suck. No one's enjoying him. He's so annoying. Plus, so fucking boring. And worthless, but he's got nothing else to do. And he's even worse than ish, 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 ish. His thoughts are useless, shit, 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 shit. He's fat and got big tit, 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 tits. He's Manuel Inganinia. Oh, he's Manuel Um, Just one voicemail this week. We had a bunch, but I, I mean, I just recorded a show two days ago, so you guys don't have a chance to really jump back in. But let's let's hear from whoever did. Uh, ballers oh, Katie, Katie, Katie from Cincinnati, Ohio. Yep. Dola, I love you, but it is Ellie, Ellie de la Cruz, yeah. Ellie de la Cruz. Yeah. Not Eli. Yeah. Knock it off with that yeah. shit. Yeah. Dolomite's uh, a hater, which is an embarrassing thing to be. He hates baseball for some reason. Which look, there's things I'm not a big fan of NFL football. It's okay. I'm really not a fan of NBA basketball. I barely. Pay attention to it. But I'm, I'm not like out here being like, oh, it shouldn't exist and don't watch it. And it's stupid. I don't fucking care. Give a fuck. So you don't you don't want to protest too much because, you you know, it's not a good look. And that's that's what Katie Shady's pointing out here, because Dola's doing like the wrong name on purpose because he does. He doesn't like baseball or whatever. I'm an Ellie De La Cruz fan. He wears a lot of gold chains. He's real tall. He steals three bases at once. He fucking hits mammoth home runs, and then he's like, check my dick. Like, I like, and he doesn't speak English, which is even better. Good for him. I'm an Ellie De La Cruz guy. Can't wait till he becomes a free agent and joins the Dodgers, which often happens. Thank you for that, Katie Shady. Another a quick voicemail here. Intro to the other guy and Ed. Quote, Ed. 
it's not here this week, but if I waited, if I saved this email, he wouldn't, he's not back for a few weeks, weeks. Curious if you guys have any useless superpowers. To my credit, I have an extremely strong bladder, which unfortunately doesn't really provide me with any practical benefit, but that's what I got. How about you guys? Well, Ed got it. I'll speak for Ed. He got an 800 on his math SAT. Pretty impressive. He also has um, good recall about different strokes, three's company, stuff from the 80s. So I would classify that as a superpower. That's a lot of knowledge. I, I really have nothing, honestly. It's pathetic. It's, this is it, you know? This is warts and all. You're, you got the whole me. Uh, okay, anyone. Who is the loud... Oh, wait, anyone. See, I can't even read. That's a superpower. Okay, anyway, who is the louder comer, Ed or Brian? Who's that loud comer? Coming all over. I I mean, I can't speak for Ed, but I kind of can. I don't think anybody can picture Ed being a very loud comer. I just, it just doesn't seem like his bag to me. I could be wrong and no, no disrespect. Whereas I, I think everybody, if you polled a thousand listeners, who's the loud comer? I think you would get 999 saying that it's Brian Beckner. And guess what? Oh, they'd be right. I'm, I'm an extremely vocal sexer. To the point. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers hands off. My rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. Where I've been asked to be quiet in my life. This is just that's something you can know about me. I don't said, you know, it's not might not be for you. But on more than one occasion, I've gotten to shut the fuck up. Like it's too much, and I, I can't help it. You know, I like to d- describe my surroundings. <laughs> In my enjoyment, it's not. Look, it's not the best. And yeah, I'm I'm a pretty vocal, vociferous comer, voluminous. No, vociferous comer. And follow up question: On the rare occasion you're pleasuring yourself and no one else is home, do you ever come loudly? Just curious, asking for a friend. Well, that answer's no to that. Which you know, I'm not a psycho. And this is like this person has an agenda. They're trying to be extremely gross on my talk show, but I know that people do have these kind of questions about me and how loudly I come and, and Ed can reflect on this stuff later. Maybe he'll call it. He goes on. Do you think Manuel from Gardenia also calls into other podcasts and leaves similar absurd rants for them? Or are we the only ones who benefit from his overinflated sense of self-righteousness? <laughs> I'd like to think it's just us. I've heard him call talk shows before, and he just says stupid shit about sports. Hey, the Dodgers need to get a left-hander or something. If you're ever starving for content, which you never have been, you should consider calling him to ask. Jeez. Along with when the last time was that he actually listened to one of your episodes. 
Please keep up the good work that you guys do. Outro. That's from Toe Cutter. Hashtag Team Red Circle more than the minimum. <laughs> Hashtag pray for Harambe. Okay, let's ju- let's jump in. I got some not sports stuff to talk about. Actually, quite a bit. But I want to I want to get to this uh, this uh, addition the new the new segment that's sweeping the net the nation that I know you guys are going to love. Of course, I'm talking about Ed explains a movie. Who's that loud cover? Hey guys, this is a new segment we're doing. I'm really excited about it. We did this. We did this once with the Jimmy Stewart Christmas classic. It's a wonderful life, which is for every time I try to tell somebody about this, that's the first time I've been able to recall the name of the movie because I'm 48 and I, my brain doesn't work anymore. It's a wonderful life, but this is, this is a new segment and we're excited about it. It's called Ed explains a movie. Ed explain a movie. We're going to start with a movie based on a famous novel by Truman Capote. Oh. It's a 1961 movie called Breakfast at Tiffany's. Yes. I didn't know that. that, See, so that's something I didn't know. I didn't know this was based on a Truman Capote book, like In Cold Blood. Yeah, I I only knew it during the opening credits. Okay. Uh Um, So I had never seen it before, but we're all familiar with that look of uh, Audrey Hepburn in the Chanel dress and the pearls. Oh, that neck. She had such a beautiful neck. Yeah. 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 So it's... It opens up. They're playing the the real sappy song "Moon River," and it like solemnly plays as you see the famous Audrey Hepburn in the pearls, shades, black dress, Mm -hmm. long long black gloves. She gets out of cab in front of Tiffany's on Fifth Avenue, and there are literally no people on the street. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of weird. There might as well be Wookies because it's that unrealistic. Yeah, Fifth Avenue, yeah. that's the most touristy. Like people just are always there. Right. So this it's empty. Yeah. And um and so her character is Holly Golightly. That's that's yes. her like famous character name. So she just sits there eating a coffee and uh, eating a donut and drinking coffee and just stares like at the items in the window of Tiffany's. Oh yeah. And then yeah. And then She's then seen fending off a date from the night before. Oh, so no. Some dude still wants to get it in. He's oh, like, come no. on, baby. Come yeah. on, baby. And like, he's, he's going Wait, after They her. like just ran into each other or they were in the car together. I, I guess this is, this is a dude that like pulls up. I, I think he shows up in a cab. Like he, he was dissatisfied with the oh. ending of the night. Like, he, Oh, he, got he, it. he didn't get a release. Yeah. Yeah. Was he that allowed in the sixties? You always, I always think. Yeah, this is 61. We I, think of like yeah. late 60s, everybody's fucking at Woodstock. This was like, yeah. not that. This is old timey, like kind of. Thing. I didn't, I didn't think people fucked until like, yeah, starting in the 60s, that was like the warm up. And then people started really fucking in the 70s. I thought right. in the 50s and 60s, nobody fucked. It was like illegal to fuck. It was like handshakes and shit yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah. But it turns out people have always fucked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just just not in uh, culture. They didn't That's right, show it. exactly. Well, so so the guy wants to get it in, and she's like frantically looking for her keys, but she can't. And uh, so she hits the buzzer of the super. Yeah, uh, yeah. Her super is named Mister Yunioshi. Oh no, <laughs> Mister no. Yunioshi 
is a guy with big buck teeth, yeah. dyed jet black hair, yeah. wearing a kimono. Yeah. He's played by Mickey Rooney. Yeah, yes. <laughs> this is very. This is a very famous, uh, problematic performance. Also, we did not allow. Uh, did we? Did we allow um, people from the Orient to own property back then? I mean, that's a. That's a, well. I guess he just that's, works there. Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, because he, but he's like always yelling. He's yeah. very angry. Yeah, he's he's angry for her for forgetting her keys yeah. yet again. Like this is an ongoing thing, and clearly the dudes wanting to sex her is an ongoing yeah. thing. As did well. he did he get nominated for Academy Award for this? <laughs> I'd have to look it up. Yeah, but I do know that he was like the the most famous actor in the world. Like the, oh, the yeah. top box he, office. He's a child draw. actor. Yeah. And a horrendous actor. Yeah. And he does the full-on bad Japanese stereotypes. Yeah. I mean, it's only about 15 years after World War II. So, yeah. it, you know, it was still in play to just blatantly make fun of Japanese people. Yeah. I'm not saying Unreal. It, it was cool, but you can see the era. But then they just go. He's just stumbling around the apartment. He keeps bumping yeah. into things. Yes. And he's mixing his L's and R's. Cool. He's like. Miss Goridery. Is, is it? Oh, jeez. Oh, my God. Ed, you're trying to get us canceled here. Hold that's, on. That's him. I, hold on. I have. Can I play a clip of it? Sure. Okay. I've just found it. This is that first scene. Yeah. See. This is Mickey he's, Rooney. He's, tr- he's tripping over things and he's running into stuff because his eyes are shaped differently than a Caucasian person. Yeah. Also, Goraitri. Oh, my God. It's really bad. Yeah. Oh, and this guy, this is the guy that wants to get a piece. Harry was the other guy. I'm Sid. Sid Arbuck. You like me, remember? Mr. Goraitri. I broke this. Oh, darling, I am sorry, but I lost my key. Oh. That was two weeks ago. You cannot go on or keep ringing my bell. You disturb me. You must have a key made. Oh, my God. The teeth. I mean, it's really, it's not just visual, but the teeth, the buck teeth are jarring. He looks, he, look, they, are they clearly based the, uh, the Gilgan's Island submarine captain on this performance, yes. right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, like this was the the standard. Yeah, um, I think I, I was I was just googling it. It it won best actress and like best screenplay and everything. I don't think he got an award. I don't know if he was nominated, but this is the this is considered the number the sixty first best movie of all time in uh, the AFI list. Stop you know it. that like it's like how could it's that horrendous. be? It's so bad. Yeah. So he does that, and like that's. He he doesn't ever have like an understated scene. That's how he plays that role the whole movie. But yeah. the, de- well, the good. De- he goes for so it. The- he made a choice. That's what they call. That's what and that's what they call an acting a choice. He cho- <laughs> right. he's like he's I'm going to play this he's super racist. Brave. Yes, he's brave choice. Brave. Yeah. Uh-huh. So so now like he's so uh, Mr. Yonioshi is like yelling at her, and she like gets into her her door and closes the door. And then the guy's outside the door pounding on it. You like me, baby. You like me. Like he's doing that thing. Yeah. And then a young George Papard gets out of the cab and buzzes up to Holly Golightly's apartment. Oh, no. That's Hannibal from the A-Team. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. He's like younger. I want to say he's he, he looks about 30. 
eight or yeah, so. Yeah. But like he's he he looks you know, we always knew him as Hannibal, so yeah, he's the white haired dude. Yeah. So he's in, like in his thirties probably. Yeah. Um he's a new resident to the apartment and uh, just needs someone to buzz him in. So uh-huh. he asks he has to borrow her phone. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. So so then she pours herself a wine glass full of milk because this is 1961. So so people just, just drinking big wine glasses full of milk. Crazy. Um, And she explains to Papard that the one thing that cheers her up when she's feeling down is she goes over to Tiffany's to stare at it. And she has a stray cat that she's never named, but like, so she just goes and looks through the window at the, or goes in and looks at the jewelry, right? That's what we're supposed to understand. Yeah. 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 And like, you know, because it was not a clever movie, even though it's considered one of the best of all time, like unreal, they're just explaining, okay, the first scene didn't quite make you understand what she was doing when she's looking at the window. So she just comes out and says it. Yeah. But yeah. That's the, and yeah. oh, hold on. You broke up right there. Oh, yeah. So that's yeah. like, it's just, it's, yeah. it just tells her that like they're explaining to the audience because the first scene wasn't successful yeah yeah this is why i'm staring at it okay got you yeah yeah and then she's like brushing her teeth and walking around getting ready and papar like isn't even using the phone he's just hanging out like a creeper yeah that's pretty yeah that's that's scary and she's getting spruced up to visit someone at sing sing prison what whoa that's a that's a wrench (laughs) yeah yeah he's a he's an italian mobster and they give him the subtle name of sally tomato (laughs) (laughs) Uh-huh. And this the deal is this old mobster pays her and she visits him every Thursday. She says they were never lovers, but mm-hmm. she goes because his lawyer uh, sends her to cheer him up. And every week for seven months, she's getting a dollar, a hundred bucks for an hour. Wow. That's pretty good. A hundred yeah. bucks a it's, week in 1961 for one hour's work. That's so the, good work. Good. And she's like very dim, but yeah. clearly the mobster and lawyer are using her to like pass messages. She oh, doesn't realize it. Right. Yeah, yeah, got it. Um and then there's a weird thing. Holly gets into the cab and George Papard's decorator gets out of the cab that she's getting in. And like this is like a dude living on his own. Yeah. And he's got this he's like slightly it. older, but you get the vibe that like this is a woman, an older woman who's like fucking him and financing him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, find yeah. out he's yeah. a writer. Um, but she's there to decorate his apartment. Uh-huh. And then once again, you see how another scene, she rushes home. Some horny, horny dudes pounding on the door to let her in. She's wearing a different black dress. Uh-huh. And you know what this, who gets disturbed by all this ruckus is. Oh, Mr. Hayo. Yunioshi. Yeah, yeah. 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 Death more stereotypical bullshit. Then locks himself out of his apartment because he's very clueless. He is. So yeah, he's, he's yeah, he's dim witted because he's he's from yeah. a different continent. Yes, exactly. So then to get away from the dude, Holly goes on the fire escape um, and she walks along the fire escape and then peeks into Hannibal from the A-team's apartment. And she sees a postcoital looking Hannibal oh, and that fucks. decorator, yeah. the decorator putting cash on his dresser dresser before leaving. Whoa. He's a gigolo. Whoa. That, now, see. <laughs> I didn't expect that term, but also this is made up. There's never been a jig. Gigolos are made up, and if and if they exist, gigolos exist to serve other men. Not. Yes. I was going to say they exist 
Yes. Dudes. Yes, yes. There's no horny ladies do not hire gigolos. This is a completely <laughs> they, invented. They buy sex toys or they go to the bar. Exactly. And abs- absolutely find somebody to fuck. Yeah, them just pick. Just pick anyone and they'll get laid. I um I once um was deeply invested in the show gigolos on Showtime and it's completely fake. There's no such thing. It's not real. They were gay gigolos. It was just. Yeah, it was just fake. Oh yeah, no, it was just fake. They were they were servicing ladies. So then Holly climbs through the window of postcoital Hannibal. Yeah, and then they start like they start chatting while smoking heaters, and she points out the three hundred bucks that was left on the dresser. So you must be a good three hundred. Yeah. Wow. He's well. You and know he, what? He gets a little defensive. He's like, hey, hey, and yeah. they're like. I'd be proud. I'd be like, "Fuck yeah, that was a three hundred dollars sexing." Yeah, for Han- the older Hannibal's dicked up. Now it doesn't. It's no, it's no surprise that a very very gay man. This is based on a book written by a very very gay man. Yeah, true, like true a Capote. famous gay dude yeah, who's imagining yeah. a life that doesn't exist. Right, OG um, like early, like one of the original gays. OG original yes. gay. Yeah. Yeah. And so they like have a drink. They're smoking. He tells her he's a writer, but he hasn't published a book in five years. So that's probably why he's man because how do you pay the bills? Yeah. If you, you haven't written in a long time. Yeah, exactly. And she tells him he looks a lot like her brother, Fred, who is now in the army. And she fantasizes about moving to Mexico with her brother, Fred, to raise horses. Like what she's a crazy fuck? person. What? Look, look, look. I, you know, look, I have siblings. I have a sister. You have sisters. You don't. You don't. You're. Uh, yeah. You don't picture doing a life together with your sister. No. You just. That's crazy, right? You just. You. You. You were nice to them, and you wish them a happy birthday and stuff. But you're like, hey, sis, let's get a place together. Let's go. Let's run away together and raise horses. I mean, that's psychotic. Yeah. yeah, it's a crazy dream for someone who's seemingly like a socialite in New York City. Yeah, and she just wants to move to Mexico and raise horses with her with her brother. Right. She's got. Does she have a job that we know of? No, yeah. not clear. Oh, nice. But uh, she. So naturally, the postcoital Hannibal is still laying there. They're talking. Uh-huh. She's like, "Hey, do you mind if I just climb into bed and we just cuddle as friends?" <sighs> And Hannibal just keeps the heater in his mouth, like very cool about it. She falls asleep. She has a nightmare about her brother, Fred, and starts crying. He wakes her up and he's like, hey, what what the fuck's going on with you? And she goes, if we're going to be friends, let's get one thing straight. I hate snoops and then runs out. He's like, what? what? She's climbed into bed with me yeah. and then had a nightmare in yeah. like 12 seconds. Yeah. Confusing. Um, but she... Yeah, she feels bad. Yeah. She leaves Hannibal an apology letter the next day uh-huh. with a new typewriter ribbon because he's a writer. Yeah. Like, stop by my place for a drink. I'm having a party at 6 p.m. Uh-huh. And then he shows up at the party, and it's because it's 1961. It's just like a bunch of old dudes in in uh, in suits and women with, like, big hats. And everyone looks 60. And yeah. I'm sure they're all in, like, their 30s, but everyone looks 60 except for... But uh, yeah, um, this kind of reminds me. Everyone it, else isn't. It's given me um, "Who's Afraid of Virginia Wolf" vibes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, everyone's like all old looking. Yeah, old. Um, yeah, I'm talking about boring uh, shit and just sipping yeah, there's, straight there's, scotch. Right. Yeah. There's a Hollywood agent who's saying that he te- he like tells Papard he's like, oh, Holly used to be like real country. 
but then oh. we like trained we trained her to be sophisticated. Oh yeah, they give her they give her like um they give her like um etiquette lessons or something, right? Yeah, yeah. something like that. Yeah. And then we find out one dude at the party and also like I I think we need to really wonder if Capote was any good at cuz this character names we find out one guy at the party's name is Rusty Trawler, the ninth richest guy in the Stop. world. Stop. This is this is so gay. Yes, this is really so is gay. gay fantasy. Cuz it's like he it's looks like, like a weirdo. It's like the it's like the hot chick is throwing it at the guy. The guy's a gigolo. There's guys called Rusty Trawler, which is very close to Rusty Trombone. Like there's <laughs> there's a lot happening here and it's all very very gay. Yeah, and he's yeah. the ninth richest guy in the world, yeah. under fifty years old. He looks like a complete weirdo. He's like he giggles and kind of looks like Curly from the Three Stooges with thick glasses on. Oh, interesting. Okay, mm-hmm. but Holly, Holly looks like she wants to bang him and get that bag. Stop. Yeah. Oh, so she's dancing with him because he's. She finds out yeah. he's the ninth richest guy in the world, and she's yeah. like, she's a socialite, right? And she's a, right. trying to climb upward in the money train. Right. Yeah. So Truman Capote has has uh, has written a whore. He's written this woman to be a a um whore for cash. She wants to she wants to upgrade her situation. And there's really bad acting because yeah. everyone was a bad actor back then. I was going to say they were they were all so over the top back then. Yes. Yeah, so like people pretending to be drunk at the party. It was just really bad. But they're making a lot of noise and who wasn't happy about it? At the noise coming from the apartment. Oh, Mr. Unioshi. Yep. Comes downstairs, uh-huh. threatens to call the police. Uh-huh. Now we cut to Hannibal and Holly going to Sing Sing to meet that p- tomato mobster. Uh-huh. And he gives his he gives his notes to Hannibal to turn into a novel. He's like, Oh, you're a writer? I've got some notes that, like you right. can uh you right. can be a novel. And yeah. I'm like recognizing that voice of of Sally Tomato. Oh, and, and I look at the IMDb page. Yes. He's played by Alan Reed. And I was like, I know that name. That's the voice of Fred Flintstone. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> so, so this would have been pre Flintstones. What? Or, around the same time? Yeah, it was probably right around. Like, yeah, I feel like Flintstones were probably late 60s. Yeah. Yeah. But you're yeah. probably right. Yeah. So Hannibal gets back to his typewriter, starts writing about Holly Go Lightly. He's like uh-huh. writing about her. He like is really into her. He wants to bang her, but yeah. she wants to bang rich dudes. Yeah. But um, but she he, cuddled with him in bed, so she obviously wants to bang him too. Right. Yeah. But he's uh he's interrupted by that decorator oh. in quotes. Yeah. And uh she's like, uh I'm being followed. He goes downstairs to investigate. There's some dude lurking in the street. Turns out it's Buddy Epson from the Beverly Hillbillies. Noted, noted Orange County resident, Buddy Epson. Really? Yes, he's one of us. So he's just sitting in the street. He's eating Cracker Jacks. Just sitting there like he's not at a ball game. He's just staring at an apartment building eating Cracker Jacks. No, no one, no one has ever opted for Cracker Jacks outside of a ball game. Although back then, didn't they have, didn't they like have guys like, like the hot dog guys, but they were, they were like Cracker Jack guys. Weren't they just like making it on the street? Outside of the ball game? I've never seen Cracker Jacks in the wild. Me either, me either. But I mean, it's maybe, maybe at an earlier time because. Cracker Jack is like a brand name of that stuff. And it's, uh, I think they yeah, just the caramel. Yeah. I think they used to just make like caramel peanut popcorn, like out on the street and like sell it in to, and just sell it to people. I don't know. I went to a game yeah. about six years ago yeah. and was like feeling nostalgic. Yeah. I was with my son. I was like, let's get a Cracker Jack. Yeah. 
I counted. There were three peanuts in the whole bullshit. goddamn thing. Bullshit. That's bullshit. That's bullshit. Um, so, but Buddy Epson explains, yeah. oh, I'm, I'm Holly's first husband. He's country. Oh, he like, right. He's like, I, I want nothing to do with that old bird who thinks I'm following her. Yeah. I'm, I'm a horse doctor from Texas. Uh-huh. And he's like, you know what? Hannibal, you can keep the prize at the bottom of the ro- the box, the Cracker Jack box. It was a ring. Oh. And uh-huh. gives him a ring. Uh-huh. Then he shows Hannibal a picture of them together in Texas. Uh-huh. He said he married her when she was 14 years old. Oh, my God. <laughs> Six years ago. So she's supposed to be 20. What do you do in Texas? Come, get your shit together down there, guys. 14-year-olds <laughs> getting married? Disgusting. It's- so his first first wife died, and so he's like, oh, I got to get married because I got four kids. Yeah. So he married a 14-year-old to help raise them. That's what they used to do back then. And then one day, the yeah. girl, who is now known as Holly Golightly, she was Lula May back then, another yeah. pretty simple yeah. kind of name yeah. for Truman Capote. She just ran away. Yeah. And so Hannibal goes up to her. He's like, hey, I hear you're Lula May, and you were married to this hayseed and eating Cracker Jacks. And she's like, oh, I had the marriage annulled years ago, and uh-huh. Buddy Epson just doesn't accept it. Yeah, yeah. Then she gets shit-faced and admits to Hannibal she's going to marry that uh, the rich, curly Howard-looking dude. Uh-huh. She she calls him a pig, but she's like, I'm I'm getting married for the bag. Yeah. She's, near, yeah. she's nearly broke, so we find out, like, she isn't working. She's just working rich dudes for yeah. money. Yeah. Yeah, she's a grifter. She's on the grift. And Hannibal's all bummed out because, like, he wants he wants it. So yeah. he's, like, putting it out there that, you know, okay. And then she's like, yeah, what are you giving me shit for? You're clearly man-whoring for the, uh, that decorator. That's right. 300 bucks a pop. Yep. And then uh, they're, they're arguing stuff. Who gets mad? About the arguing in the apartment building. Mr. Oh, Yomiyashi. Yeah, yeah. Calls the police. Oh, no. Um, yeah, but the police, the police are going to, he better be careful. You know, there's still a lot of anti-Japanese sentiment in this country at true. the time. You don't, you, know? you don't want the fuzz showing up. No. Somebody who had a bad experience 15 years ago in the war. That's right. Yeah, there could be some uh, <laughs> shell shock happening. Yeah, so it's like a bunch like bullshit. Like he sells a uh, short story and stuff. Yeah. Like just yeah. stuff that clearly the the movie that's it's all about the relationship between Hannibal and Holly. Uh-huh. And uh, so they spend the day walking around the city. They walk around Tiffany's. She she explains he like he to he with Tiffany's employer with the Cracker Jack ring, and he's uh-huh. like, "Hey, can you engrave this?" Yeah, and and the guy's like, "What? Like, what are you doing?" So he they, he does. Yeah, they go. They like have a day. They they make trouble at the library. They go shoplifting together. It's just like twenty minutes of fluff and bad comedy, uh-huh. and then they kiss. Oh wow! Then he breaks up with the older woman, the the woman who's paying him. Yeah, right. But then Holly Holly's moved on to try to marry another rich dude, some Brazilian dude named Jose, another rich guy. How many guys is she trying to marry? She's she's just trying to marry anybody rich. Yeah, yeah. Like the, the the curly dude ended up marrying someone else. This is, so this is Hannibal thought he had it in, and she's like, no no no, you're you're a poor man whore. I I need, right. I need like somebody with cash. Know, this is a very misogynistic movie. Yo, yeah, of course, yeah, of course. Um, uh, they go back. Well, she she brings Jose to the apartment, and a fresh out of the bathtub, Mister Yomiyashi Yomiyashi's watching her. She gets a telegram informing her that her brother has died in a Jeep accident. Oh then God. she trashes the apartment. Hannibal rushes in, tries to console her. But it, but then he's like, ah, you're Jose's business now. Yeah, good for him. 
then she's like she goes on one last date before she moves to Rio with Jose. Yeah. She goes on one last date with Hannibal and he's like, Come on, why don't we get married? She's like, Nah, I'm gonna get rich. Yeah. And then they re- return back to the apartment and they get arrested by the cops for narcotics. What? Yomia Yomiyashi's screaming as they get led away. They got plenty of narcotic. What? <laughs> what kind of because, na- Yeah. So the reason why is because she was passing those coded drug messages for the, the guy Sally Tomato, Fred Flintstone. Yeah. And so that that was caught up in the – she didn't realize. She's so stupid. She didn't realize she was passing drug messages, and she got wrapped up, and they arrested her. What drugs were there in the early 60s? This is heroin. They just said narcotics. Yeah. So I, I would assume it is heroin. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, Jose's like, all right, you're getting arrested. Like, I'm out. And I'm she's, out. Yeah, she's smart crushed. Moves. Yeah. She's crushed. Yeah. And then for the third time, Hannibal shoots his shot. Yeah. She brushes it off and then he makes a speech in the rain and hand her, hands her the engraved Cracker Jack ring. She wow. thinks it over. And since she was out of options of rich guys, she's like, you know what? I will marry you. And they get in the rain and kiss. They play Moon River like 20 times throughout the movie. Yeah. And, uh. It was a painful movie. Oh, this but sounds awful. Say, yeah, the the loud comer. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it's got to be. It's got to be Mickey Rooney, Mister Yunioshi. <laughs> Mickey. Yeah. Mickey Rooney, Mister Yunioshi. So sorry, I come. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. Horrible movie. It's the uh, the um, YouTube comments say the producer actually noted in the DVD commentary that he wanted Yunioshi recast because he felt having an actual Japanese actor would make the character more palatable. But Blake Edwards insisted on keeping Rooney, who's a huge star. Edwards, for yeah. his part, admitted he fucked up. Well, okay, so everybody knows that sucks. How is it still considered one of the best movies? Right. Like, what? what yeah. It's, I, I'd never seen it, and it was a good idea to never see it because it's terrible. Yeah. I only watched it because we were like, let's discuss this because I knew there was a problematic Mickey Rooney character in it. Yes. That's why I watched it. But it's a horrible movie. It's I, one of the worst. God, I can't. I and what message see it. is it? Like, yeah. it's it's a chick who like just wants to marry uh, rich guys that she's not in love with, yes. and then Hannibal is like just a pathetic sap who's like waiting until she gets the narcotic stink on her, and then she has no options. He's yeah. like, now I'm the guy. Yeah, no, it's no, it's everybody's a sad sack in this movie. It's it doesn't do anybody proud. No, it's bad. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, that was fantastic. Ed did a great job. I'd never seen Breakfast at Tiffany's before. Assuming that's the one I added it into the show because we did a few. But that's, give us your thoughts. I would like to know what you think. 949-464-TBLS. Give us your thoughts on the new segment that we really enjoy. Ed explains a movie. Now, let's talk some not sports. Well, it's time, it's time for Not Sports, Not Sports, segment, segment, on the Baller Lifestyle Podcast, Not Sports, Not Sports, Not Sports, Not Sports, Not Sports, I'm talking about the segment now, Not Sports, Not Sports, Not Sports, segment, Are you guys familiar, look, there's... There keeps being these TikTok challenges. Now, I don't know if this is like when Oprah was talking about how all your kids were dying from uh, from uh, vodka lace tampons. And it turns out that it was just happening at the Pike fraternity house in 
Tucson, Arizona. You know, these things get these things get made up. You know, your kids are having rainbow parties. Don't look that up, by the way. Stuff like that. But this one, I think, might be real. There's a new TikTok challenge, and it's fucking, I mean, it's just great. Because, of course, this is what happens. At least four people have died in Alabama while attempting a boat challenge that has been linked by some to a purported trend on TikTok. In the viral stunt, people are filmed jumping and flipping off of speeding boats into the water, sometimes set to the popular oh no TikTok effect. I fucking really hate that. I'm not even on TikTok, but a lot of times people post TikToks to Instagram and I got to hear that stupid fucking oh no thing. I hate it. Captain Jim Dennis, too many first names. Hey, save some first names for the rest of us, Jim Dennis, of the Childersburg Rescue Squad. Now, there's somebody you don't want to be rescued by. I'm just guessing. I'll take the somewhere not without Berg at the end of it. Rescue Squad told NBC's NBC's NBC News that at least four people in Alabama have broken their necks and died (laughs) attempting the stunt. This isn't funny. The four that we responded to when they jumped out of the boat, they literally broke their neck. And, you know, basically an instant death. Dennis, his last name, said TikTok has not removed the videos, but does now place a warning on them, cautioning participating in this activity could result in you or others getting hurt. You can wind up. Wait, you're saying... If I jump off a boat going 50 miles an hour, I could get hurt. You can wind up with broken bones, a broken neck, or you could even end up running into the propeller of your own boat or another boat could run over you. And that would cause lots of damage, if not death, according to someone. Yeah. Hitting the water from a moving boat is like hitting concrete from jumping multiple stories up. Yeah. Ask Top Gun director Tony Scott, again, another first name hoarder. A lot of first name hoarders in this episode. Ask those people from the bridge documentary. She pointed out that if a boat is going fast enough to create a wake, then it's going too fast for someone to safely jump off of into the water. Look, this is, yeah. This is not the first time a challenge linked to TikTok has resulted in fatalities. In April, a 13-year-old boy died in... In Ohio, after attempting the Benadryl challenge, oh my God, when someone drinks a large amount of Benadryl, that's very sad. And for the aptly named Skullbreaker challenge, teens would jump into the air, but kick the legs out from underneath one participant, which resulted in injuries and deaths. Wow. We, and this is really, look, we're living in idiocracy. We are in the worst possible simulation we could imagine. Our streets are teeming with the unhoused and we're kicking the legs out from underneath people and dying. And and we're purposely jumping off speeding boats and breaking our necks. Let's not do things we see on TikTok. And look, you could say, hey, this is this is a uh, Chinese spy app. Every app's a spy app. But there is something, you know, there's no there's no. Alabama, China, where people are jumping off boats and breaking their neck. It's only happening here because I'm, I'm, I'm guessing they don't have they don't have those same posts on the on the Chinese TikTok. Uh, did you hear about these people? 
they were on a roller coaster. And it was one of these, it looks like Montezuma's Revenge, which is our local version of it. But that, that's the one that just goes and it shoots you and then goes in a loop and then you go up one side and then you come back down and you go through the loop again and you go up the other side. It's just a back and forth type of thing. This is what this looks like. Well, these people were on it. What, what was this? Where is this? Oh, roller coaster riders were trapped upside down for hours after mechanical failure. Well, how does it get trapped upside? Like a, a roller coaster is just driven by gravity. It takes you up to a high thing and then lets you go. And then gravity pulls you around the thing. So how do you get stuck upside down? A summer amusement turned into a serious nightmare on Sunday after a roller coaster malfunctioned in midair, trapping eight passengers upside down for several hours. The oscillating fireball. Oh, that's the, the name of the ride, not oscillating. That's that's the that's um, editorializing the oscillating part. It's just called fireball. Was sliding down from its vertical loop at the Forest County Festival in Crandon, Wisconsin. Is that near you, Kyle? In Scotty? When it stopped unexpectedly because of mechanical failure, according to a joint press release from the local fire department and rescue squad. Emergency, emergency personnel were dispatched to the scene within 15 minutes, but needed to request special equipment, including three ladder trucks from nearby towns to complete the rescue. One truck with the capability of rising over 100 feet took approximately 45 minutes to arrive on the scene. I bet it was, they're upside down and also it's hot as fuck. An off-duty firefighter with specialized rope rescue training happened to be at the festival at the time of the incident and advised the local crews on possible options. Due to the release mechanism of safety equipment on individual cars, all individuals in a car needed to be properly secured. I don't understand why they couldn't just let it down, like just let it roll to a stop, not upside down. How does it even stop upside down? It shouldn't be allowed to do that. Oh, I'm going to play it. There's a video. Well, it looks like they got uh, two of the other ones out. They're working on the other two. And then we got... Sounds kind of like Kyle and Scotty, doesn't it? Two more in the single. Looks like everything's going to be good and safe. Hopefully everybody is uh, not in too bad a shape. No, they're t they're t people are upside down and they got a big ladder truck and they're like dropping them upside down into the little bucket. That looks awful. Fuck. I, look, I don't ride roller coasters because they make me want to vomit for the entire rest of the day. So I'm out. There was that one last week that cracked. You know, I'm just I'm not taking my chances. I don't do roller coasters. I go to the fair, but just to drink beer and eat hot dogs. Corn dogs is a great picture of me eating one that my friend Telly likes to repost a lot. So you're not going to find me. You, here's something you're never. Brian Beckner, dead in hot air balloon accident. You're never going to hear that. Brian Beckner struck, st stranded for three fucking hours upside down on roller coaster. Not going to have to worry about that because you're not going to catch me on a roller coaster ever. Congratulations to Scooter. The winner of this year's ugliest dog competition. And I feel like Scooter wins every year because I've seen this kind of dog and it is hideous. This, a Chinese crested dog, the seven-year-old Chinese crested dog with reversed, reversed hind legs. <coughs> oh my God, maybe cough. 
is nearly bald, but for a shock of white, wispy hairs. Also, his tongue. Look, he's. This is. He's not. Right. He's got a tongue. His tongue's hanging out. But it's those kind of peculiarities that endeared the pooch to judges at the world's ugliest dog contest in Petaluma, California. Rooster Run, great golf course in Petaluma, California. You guys ever play it? Where he took home the grand prize on Friday. Scooter's pink wayward tongue may be drooping from his mouth. That's the sentence. The contest title, however, is meant to be tongue-in-cheek. Oh, it was a setup to a sweet joke. The nearly 50-year-old... Look, this dog is hideous. And if you've... Oh, my God, they're holding him up. Oh, he looks like a possum. Oh, my God, his legs are on backwards. Oh, my God. <coughs> I'll put this... I'll put the link in the show notes. Because you guys got to see this. Scooter. Oh, put him down. <laughs> I don't know what happened to my throat. This scooter fucked me up, though. He's so ugly. And not in a cute way. Look, I like cute things to be cute. I don't like ugly things to be cute, okay? Scooter's disgusting. He should be cold. And don't let him reproduce. Oh, he has to walk around with wheels. Oh, see, there's... Look, I know I sound like an asshole, but... Scooter didn't need to survive. You know? Like, good for him and everything, but... How much is going on there? Just based on the tongue action. He can't, there can't be too much between the ears. I I feel like he's probably not well house trained. And it's it's just a real problem all the way around. I'm not interested in Scooter. Here's another one. Some some loser in Nevada. He had a um he had a license plate that and the license it was a vanity plate vanity plates guys mm no 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 and I know you're I know what you're thinking oh mine's really clever no mm, no 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 vanity plates not now not ever. So where I live, there's a lot of Teslas, and everybody thinks they're. It's like no OPEC. Oh, get it? No sans sans gaz. Like guys, nobody gives a fuck. You're not clever. You just look like a fucking idiot. Anyway, this guy in Nevada got one. It is kind of funny though when people do when they, when they. I saw one, one time that was like, like three. It was like three, four T. I can't remember how they did it, but they were kind of trick. It was kind of tricky, but it said eat fuck, <laughs> but they caught it after a while. Probably some cop, but this guy in Nevada, I thinks he's real funny. He, his said, uh, his said G O B K B K two C A go back to California, which is hilarious, except there wouldn't be a Nevada without California dummy. How do you think you fucking get all your money there? It's because idiots from here come there in buses and fucking pour it into your hotels. You'd have nowhere to live if it weren't for Californians. Was recalled by the State Department of Motor Vehicles after it received a complaint. Ah, oh. see, now I'm kind of on this guy's side because we got a narc on our hands. A section of the Nevada Administrative Code. Oh, wait. 
Now the vehicle owner is appealing the recall. Well, it's not even bad. Go back to California. Who gives a fuck? I mean, I guess it is kind of like, how do you say? Like, what do you mean? Um, like, <laughs> it's, um, you know, you're, you're trying to start a fight with somebody, whatever the word for that is. In this case, the defame, oh, he defames a group. The defamed group is Californians. Ooh, they're not defamed, though. Adding that the department regularly turns down license plates that share the same message. Now, it's I'm in a tough spot because this guy is a fucking loser, but also he's like it's a, a, he's a very harmless loser. A special license committee meets every Monday, every Monday. So you guys are paying for that, Nevada. You're paying for a committee to review license plates. Get the fuck out of here. The DMV re- reviewed more than 700 license plates from July 2022 to early March. Denied license plate, including the puzzle, puzzling, it's seven Gs, G, 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 G. Okay. The overly rude, you idiot, U, one, D, one, O, T, and many not so subtle allusions, according to, per- allusions to profanity. Well, look. I'm I'm of two minds here because that guy is a fucking loser, but also it's like practically nothing. Go back to California. That's funny because you wouldn't exist without Californians, but also, yeah, I get, you know, it's kind of annoying to have people from other places move into your state all the time. It's tough. I know. Is there anything else? Should I wrap up there? Oh, hold on. Speaking of losers, Iowa. It's fucking loser central over there. Iowa. Some dude in Iowa has collected the most pencils. And I think we all know what that means. Hey, come on. Hey, guy. Hey, come over to my house and I'll show you my pencil collection. Hey, have you seen my collection of 70,000 pencils? Yeah, come over and now smell this rag. Like, we know what's going on there. Colfax, Iowa. A man may be well on his way to an official world record for pencils. I think the penis connoisseur has has some thoughts on that. Aaron Bartholomew of Colfax has been collecting wooden advertising pencils since he was a child. You ever see those people that collect the fucking golf course ones? And they'll have like a case. Any collection bums me out so much. Because it's like you have to move that around. And it's like, who fucking cares? But people will collect the golf course ones. And it's like, ooh, Troon or TPC Sawgrass. Ooh, I played there. And now I have a case that holds all the pencils. You want to see my pencils? No. That's substantially more than the get. Oh, he's got 70,000. Oh, the current record? 24,000 held by... Emilio Arenas from Uruguay since 2020. Now, I'm of two minds again because Uruguay, there's way cooler shit to do there than there is in in Iowa. Like, Iowa's way more boring and way more filled with losers than, than Uruguay. Bartholomew told some TV station that his treasured pencils are those from his hometown, noting that in many instances, the pencils are the only place where there's any record of that business still. I got to go cough again. And it's just a neat way to preserve history. Neat. 
That's all you need to know. If somebody describes something as neat, it almost always sucks or is a way for someone to suck your dick. Hey, look at these neat pencils. Get it out for me. Let me kiss it. Last weekend, two counters from the American pencil. What the fuck? The American Pencil Collectors Society. Guys, again, this is, feels like a euphemism for the penis connoisseur. We're at the Colfax Historical Society, Society to count. So they had to travel and count 70,000 pencils. And I would fuck that up so bad. Because you have to do that thing where you do 10 at a time. Like, like when you used to fucking count your quarters or whatever. 12 at a time. Or whatever. Five bucks at a time. 60. However many. I don't know. How do they do? Because I would lose count. I would like if you're trying to do 25 at a time, I'd be like, wait, 23. Wait, hold on. And I have to start over like a bunch of times to 70,000. Isn't don't they have a machine for this with AI? All I hear about every day is AI. How about we count this fucking guy's pencils? That'd be easy enough. Now he's waiting. So they came and counted. Now he's waiting to hear if the count is approved by Guinness which estimated the review process could take up to three months. I mean, it's going to get a, like Guinness wants more records. So I don't know what the, I mean, the, the pencil people came there and counted them. Sounds like he's got fucking three times more than the dude in Uruguay. But that means that some other loser, probably a kid starts. It's, this starts as a kid's hobby because it's like, Hey, I have these urges. And the dad's like, Son, you better start fucking collecting pencils. But dad, I have these feelings for Caleb. And the the dad's like, uh-uh, not in this house. Not in, we don't do that in Colfax, Iowa. Collect some pencils, buddy. And then you start then you start a collection. You you transfer one your one love to another. And then, you know, you're counting those pencils. And that's what you do. So count the pencils. Um, and that's it. Let's wrap it up there. Okay. I appreciate it. I ran solo this week. We kind of had an in-between week. I appreciate you hanging with me. I hope you liked our new segment. I hope you liked the pencil man. Hope you like everything we did. Please tell your friends, join us again next week for and daily. My name is Brian. Ben. This has been episode number 482 of the ball lifestyle podcast. We will see you next week. TV. Hell yes, the lifestyle's baller Podcast getting bigger and not smaller Broadcasting weekly, that's what we do With Easy Ed Daily and the man Jay Stew And Brian Beckner quick to dissect The week in sports and culture And whatever me Talking loud, comments, conundrums, my brothers Reviewing some movies and shows and the others Top podcast, man, no one is above us Five star, even the haters will love us And we're not trying to talk politics a lot We'd much rather talk about dicks a lot Shit's so hot, man, you know the shit's on top Top podcast, man, it really hits the spot Listen up, you players and shot callers TBLS, the lifestyle's baller And you know the show is so flawless TBLS, the lifestyle's baller Listen up, you players and shot callers TBLS the lifestyle's baller And you know the show is for all us TBLS, the lifestyle's baller
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.